Hello, I'm Alex Mansfield, the host of Manny Talk Shooting, and welcome to another episode. This is the shooting podcast where I talk to individuals all across the shooting industry. We'll talk competition, self-defense, concealed carry. If you like this content, check out our YouTube channel, Manny Talk Shooting. And without further ado, let's get to this episode. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Manny Talk Shooting, the shooting podcast on the internet, for the internet, because of the internet, and my somewhat boredom. But it's okay. Um... Without further ado, let's plug the title sponsor of the podcast, Go Fast, Don't Suck. They make all my match banners, um, all the dry fire targets for your living room or basement, wherever you dry fire, they've got them for you. Uh, The hurtful memes that are somewhat true on the internet because they hit you deep in the soul. But anyway, go check them out, gofastdontsuck.net. Tell them Manny sent you in your order notes. I'd greatly appreciate that. And move on with your day. Without further ado, we are sitting down with the a world champion, June Kim. June, how are you doing today? I'm doing very good. Uh, thank you for having me. But I, I'm not a world champion yet. <laughs> You're not a world. What? How are you not a world champion? Who's who told me this wrong information? <laughs> Was it myself? I don't know. It's all yeah. good. Okay. No. But anyway, what you uh? What you shoot? You shot what fourth? Yeah. Yeah. Fourth? Something like that. Okay. Yeah. I just hyped you up then because I'm I'm a ding dong, yeah. but it's all good. I appreciate it. But yeah. So we'll, we'll have I'm this getting guy. there. I'm getting You're getting there. there? Yeah, world world champion in my heart. Then is that is that Thank will you. that work? <laughs> Appreciate it, but that's okay. Anyway, now that I've embarrassed the shit out of myself, we got on this conversation. So June, <laughs> we, we need to tell the people who you are and how you got into shooting. Ooh, okay. I didn't prepare for this uh, speech, but um, how did I get into shooting? Uh, in pistol shooting or shooting in general? So oh, whatever that's... rolls off the tongue. If you want to be like practical shooting, that's fine. Yeah. It's it's what it is. It's so I started as a collector. I started collecting like cool rifles and things like that because I used to play uh, video games. Um, so I would collect uh, you know uh, all the rifles that I used in the video games initially, and then at some point, uh, it's a little bit of a shame to talk about it um i i got into action pistol shooting because uh of john wick so um when i when the movie first came out uh taron started releasing some of the videos uh of him shooting versus uh robert bogle mm-hmm. i'm sure you've seen that it has a lot of views yeah and they're doing like you know crazy you know draw hip draw and just blazing on uh plate racks and um i watched that video i was uh, fascinated by it and then i watched uh bob vogel just killing it with the with the glock and i didn't know it was possible uh, like i didn't know uh, a person could do that so um that's sort of how i got into uh, uh pistol shooting Gotcha. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, John Wick is uh, everyone's kind of fancy, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, until like they uh, start watching the movies and they're like, "Oh, like uh, <laughs> this is a lot more killing than I um, than a movie at the like the fourth yeah. and third one." <laughs> yeah. But that's all good. It definitely uh, is. <clears throat> it definitely is a good movie and so you, you you got kind of collect you started you collecting and you're into video games like call of duty or what else was there out that time what call of duty and maybe halo right uh well i played uh pc mm-hmm. on pc uh counter-strike and uh like armed assault like some military simulations 
mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah and that's kind of cool. And uh, now I did now going down the rabbit hole a little bit PC. Did you build your own PC? Did you buy a PC? I did. I, I built my PC and uh, the one I'm using now is like, like 10 years old and they're still going strong. Uh, uh, have you had to replace a lot of parts in it yet or not? Uh, some of the parts, but the, the tower itself is uh, um, like over 10 years old. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I had to replace the motherboard um, at some point. When you replace a motherboard, you kind of have to replace the CPU too because, you know, they go by the uh, the, the socket size. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Gotcha. Now, uh, <clears throat> now, do you uh, do you dabble that a lot or is that just kind of like a one-time thing? You built your PC and then just kind of fixed it along? Um, so I stopped playing video games when I started shooting. I'm oh, because like, hey, they're expensive, look- right? <laughs> oh, wait, what do you mean? Well, shooting's expensive. You can't be playing video games. You got no time for it. Yeah, for for one, it, it's well, well, yeah, but it's mostly because like, um, I can shoot in real life instead of in in a video game. So yeah. <laughs> why would I, you know, still video uh, play video games? So that that's my thought. But I know people still play uh, uh video games uh, who shoot with me. So yeah. yeah. Well, what like a lot of people just like use it as a de stressor, right? When the, when the, when it's yeah. cold. Well, you don't have this problem because it's never cold where you live. So you don't have to worry about taking an off season due to, to snow on the ground. Lucky. People. It does get really cold in winter, though. No yeah. snow. No yeah. snow. So you can still go out and shoot, though. So so we have the dry heat, right? Dry uh, climate. Mm-hmm. And in winter, there are times when it's very windy. Mm-hmm. And when you go out to a range when it's cold and windy, your, your fingers just won't work. So we do have a uh, pretty uh, bad winter. <laughs> yeah. So, so then I guess a good question is, do you take the winter off or do you just like slow down in the winter or shoot indoors? Um, so there, uh, it's not every day when it's windy. So when, when it's not very windy, then I, I go out and try to get some rounds downrange. Gotcha. But it does slow, slow down a little bit just because of the weather and uh, the season's pretty much off. Right. Right. So, yeah. yeah. That, that makes sense though. But anyway, so when you first got into practical shooting, um, was it, you know, I'm assuming it was directly into USP or USPSA or was it a, another offsect or maybe even IDPA? Um, so I, I think I did start with USPSA and then um, cause my friend shoots IDPA. I tried that one time. I tried that one time and uh, that was the last time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So in USPSA, I'm a, did you start in carry optics or do you start in another division? Oh, no. Um, I, I started in production. Mm-hmm. Uh, from production, I, I moved on to limited. And then from limited, I put a dot on it on, the, on my Glock. It was like, oh, okay, like shooting a dot is very fun. So I, I started shooting carry optics. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Um, how long do you? Th- how long has it been since you started shooting then? So uh, this would be my definitely over five years. I think it is uh, my sixth year. Yeah. So yeah, six years. Okay. Yeah. So you're shooting, been shooting for six years. So I guess okay. 
most people, it seems like when they, who've started now in like the last three, three or so years, they just jump, jump straight into carry optics. It seems like, which, which is pretty nice and yeah, cool for everybody. Yeah. But, um, so that's cool. So you said you, what, you started with a Glock then in production? Yeah. So I, uh, started with a Glock, uh, stayed because Bob Vogel was my inspiration to start uh, shooting practical shooting. Mm -hmm. uh started with a glock 34 and then um i i uh there was a limited nationals in saint george so oh i wanted to shoot that so i was like all right okay i'll probably you know shoot shoot the same platform but 40 cal so from there on i started shooting 40 cal or glock um glock 35 i think uh mm -hmm. black 24 in limited um and then it progressed to just keep running a um uh glock 34 dotted uh in care optics gotcha now you don't shoot glocks anymore do you yeah so i uh at some point i moved away from uh glock uh i shot sig uh p320x5 uh for the last maybe two and a half years, but, uh, it was, it was good. And then, uh, I recently moved on to, uh, CZ. Now, what made you want to switch over to the CZ from the SIGs? Ooh. <laughs> well, so let's start from the beginning, right? Um, mm -hmm. I switched from block to SIG because, you know, um, the, the USPSA rules are changing constantly. And uh, um, it was like kind of a big platform back then, uh, maybe 2019 or 20. Mm -hmm. But um, I switched to SIG because um, the, the, the added weight, I felt like, you know, it was uh, uh, an advantage. And uh, uh, Max Michelle, I, I, um, I kind of started following Max Michelle because he was uh, doing pretty well in care optics. So I, I, I was very closely monitoring him and his performance and he was using SIG. So I was like, okay, uh, let's give SIG a try. And that's why I jumped into SIG. And then recently, um, CZ, uh, because uh, SIG is, has some issues, like some accuracy issues, and uh, I wasn't very happy with it. So I uh, decided to try, you know, what everyone's shooting now. Everybody's shooting CZ. So I'm like, okay, let's try CZ. And then I got hooked instantly. <laughs> yeah. And you've been, so when did, did you most, like, within the last year, switch to the CZ then? No, like, literally last month. Oh, okay. So it's, yeah. it's fairly recent. So you're still getting, you know, finding love for the gun, even though you pretty much switched over to open when you want to shoot open. So... Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm trying to stay in open. It's just uh, CZ is being a distraction right now. I just well, shot a match with the CZ too. <laughs> well, it makes sense with when you're shooting piece. If you go shoot a PCSL match like we talked earlier, is yeah. it, it there's no major. You get no advantage for shooting an yep. open gun. So it's like might yep. as well shoot carry optics, limited optics, whatever they call it. And mm -hmm. and yeah. uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm right now. I have a, a nine major open gun. Mm -hmm. uh, and in the future, I'll probably have a 38 Super Comp. Uh, 
but uh, Night Major is a bit violent. And uh, I did notice my CZ is almost shooting better because you're shooting nine minor and mm -hmm. it's a very soft shooting gun. So like there's probably no gain in shooting, uh, you know, bringing my open gun if I'm, you know, going to the PCSL match. So yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, nothing wrong with yeah. I agree, especially when you like I said, you you it's all the same scoring system, so it might as well shoot what yeah. everyone else is shooting, not waste a bunch of powder because to make about a louder boom, as yeah. we know that like essentially is you put the case down, you fill it up, you you squish it with the bullet, and it, yeah. hopefully it stays. <laughs> yeah, and um, it's 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 my OCD, but nine major, uh, you know, it's eventually gonna fail, right? It has a limited number of rounds until it fails. So uh, I want to kind of keep it in a good condition until I'm shooting a major match, you know, a more important match. So mm -hmm. I want to keep it from being used too much too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That makes sense though, because, you know, we don't want to keep, it just sucks to have to go buy more guns. Right. Like, well, you're kind of a collector. Are you still kind of a collector still? You go buy guns or is it more of a purpose to what you're doing now? Yeah, so uh, since I start, started shooting competition, I completely stopped collecting. In mm -hmm. fact, I, I basically sold all the collections, and I just I just buy guns that are needed for uh, sports. The sports. Yeah. Gotcha. So when you were, well, that's I guess that's smart because then you can afford your hobby of shooting, right? You can go buy components, you know, reloading supplies, you know, match fees. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, the ammunition. Yeah. Now, do you mostly buy it like i know we're both you know we're both on the summit city bullets team but you do you still load most of your ammo or do you try to supplement some of your ammo with purchasing ammo yeah so um i do have a uh dylan 1050 with the mark 7 auto drive mm -hmm. but loading does take up a lot of time uh and i was just loading too before this uh um uh, uh uh meeting but um yeah i shoot uh, Tony, Tony's bullets, Summit City, uh, but, but then, um, you know, I'm, sh I'm trying to shoot as many rounds as possible, um, allowed. So I do pick up some factory ammo, uh, to practice with. Yeah. Cause, uh, I think it's, uh, uh, there's some benefit to it because when you shoot like hot factory ammo, like 115 green, uh, 1150 uh, feet per second, it kind of uh, works out your you know, muscles in your hands. So mm -hmm. I think it, uh, I, I try to take advantage of that. No, and that makes sense because, you know, time is money and, you know, we never have enough time in the day, it seems like. So yeah. I, I totally expect somebody, even at, you know, your level, a pro level, who, you know, who might have a sponsor or whatnot to, to go do that because more, more practice is more better. But um, what else was I going to say? So did you start reloading back when you first started or did you get into that later? Um, so uh, I started a little later into it. Um, it's when I couldn't really get uh, good ammunition and the prices were going up. So I was like, hey, uh, I, I got to eventually, you know, start doing this. So I had to just place an order for the 1050. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Like. I know I, when I got into the sport, it was right, right before COVID, it seemed or right oh, yeah. after COVID. So I bought my, I bought a press and I was like, well, it'll sit on my bench for a minute. Cause I don't, can't afford to get any primers or bullets yeah. at that point. I was like, oh, great. So, 
that's cool. But uh, now, um, what made you decide to get the auto drive on there? My friend picked it up. Uh, so uh, in the same time around, uh, we we got a um, uh, Dylan press and we're loading. And then uh, uh, sometime later, my friend picked up uh, uh, the Mark 7 auto drive. And he's like, dude, uh, you have to get it. <laughs> so he convinced me to get it, get one. And uh, I think it was a good decision down the road. Right. Because then you don't have to worry about... Uh... You don't have to worry about hurting your shoulder or your hand when reloading. You kind of just watch the machine work, do its thing. Yeah. yeah, it's mostly the, you know, the, you know, just doing the same motion with your one arm mm -hmm. and it just can't be good. And uh, it does show like your shoulder gets messed up. Um, and what's surprising is I've talked to some of the top shooters and uh, including Nils, he mm -hmm. still loads by hand. And I was just so shocked. I'm like, ha <laughs> wow dude this guy is crazy <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I couldn't believe it well he's he i think but i think he tries to load like all like it like at one point in the winter time and then just have buckets of ammo laying around so he doesn't have to do it all year yeah i think that's the uh the best way yeah i think so too i would think it'd be it'd probably be a good way yeah i just wish i had the time or the dedication to load all my ammo in the winter but then I also could think about it this way. Say you, you're not stock, you're not to the ceiling worth of primers and you, and you load up a bunch of nine major, right? And then your yeah. gun blows up and then you're like, but I have no more components to load minor ammo. And then you're like, I'm stuck. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. Like things change over time. Mm -hmm. And uh, like, so for example, I have, uh, I loaded like, now I have uh, about 2000 rounds left for SIG. But I don't shoot SIG anymore. So um, uh, I can't really shoot that in CZ because it's actually loaded longer. Mm -hmm. And uh, it has the round nose tip. And CZ uh, won't take it because the chamber is too short. Mm -hmm. So it works in basically any other gun. But CZ factory um, barrel, the chamber is too short for it. So it won't chamber. Even though it meets power factor and everything. So um, yeah. I'll probably end up selling it to my friend. <laughs> yeah nothing wrong with that keeps them shooting right yeah but yeah so so how long did it take you to make G, uh grandmaster and carry optics so um you know i started from production went to limited and then carry optics mm -hmm. the first couple years of shooting production and limited um i couldn't really get better so the first two years, I didn't know what what to do, uh, how to get better, or you know, I didn't have any guidance. Mm -hmm. So it's the mentality is just you know, go fast, shoot fast, as fast as possible, don't miss or try not to miss. That was it. Like there was no technique involved. Just you know, like try to do it and see if it works. And it didn't really work mm -hmm. until I put a dot on my gun. And suddenly I started seeing things better. So it was a game changer. Like, okay, like this is crazy. Like I can actually see where I'm hitting. Right. But with the iron sights, I couldn't really do that. Um, so I put a dot and I started uh, really listening to Max Michel, mm -hmm. uh, who I think he really helped me into 
uh, shaping the fundamentals that I really needed to get better. Right. So it wasn't until I picked up carry optics. Basically, when I picked up the carry optics, uh, my my skill level exploded because I, I started understanding what need what needs to be done in competition to get better and uh, perform better in matches. Okay. So uh, basically, immediately. So what I would tell beginners is like, don't mess with iron sights. Jump straight into carry optics. You you get better so fast. And then you can go back to what like uh, iron sights again, and you'll still shoot shoot really well. Mm-hmm. That's my advice to uh, new shooters. Gotcha. Now, so you you started getting better. You get started seeing things with the dot and le- listening to Max Michelle. Um, are there things that you don't necessarily agree with what Max says? Like yeah. Tra- okay. Yeah. Quite a several things, but I can't really name one right now, but. <laughs> I mean, with even with like any pro shooters, like they they say things that I don't agree with, and um, you know those things happen. I'm not gonna name who it is, but um, uh, we talked about. So he's a top shooter. I talked about uh, how to engage a swinger, right? Right. And they have their own ways of doing it. Um, so they would tell me how it's done, but. When they shoot the match, they get mics on it. So like, okay, well, I guess then you're gonna have to, you know, adjust your uh, approach because it didn't work. So things like that, those things happen all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. So right, and and not every everyone everyone tries. There's never a way. It seems like there's always plenty of ways, and everyone's got their own style. Of yeah. Shooting. You know, some people like to po- run and post up. Some like to shoot on a move more, you know, whatever the stage requires. But everyone has their personal flavor of how they shoot stages, it seems like. Yeah, even at top level, there are some differences that work for, you know, each shooter. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I guess I have a question on this is what made you decide to go get an open gun and go start shooting an open? Oh, OK. <laughs> That's an interesting story, actually. <clears throat> So I wasn't really interested in open until um, uh, some of the followers uh, from Korea, they, they, uh, I, I created some training programs for uh, shooters outside of uh, U S mm-hmm. uh, like Korea. Cause I speak, um, I speak uh, both Korean and English. So um, I created a program for them to fly over train with me. And there are some shooters that really wanted to shoot open. So I purchased uh, an open gun so that when they, uh, you know, try to train with me here, then they can use the gun or, you know, rent the gun from me. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why I picked one up. Uh, That's one reason. And then reason two is um, coming from Eric Grafell, he says, uh, "Train with open, uh, and and it's it's a uh, it's very very beneficial to train with open. Um, so, which is the fastest gun in, mm-hmm. in the whole spectrum of uh, uh, pistol shooting? Uh, so, I took those two reasons and picked up a, a open gun. 
took it out to the range, loaded some, you know, ammo, mm -hmm. took it out to the range. And, uh, I just, uh, like basically double tapped at a 15 yard open target, Ipsic target. And the group size was like, like, just like that. Boom. Mm -hmm. And I was instantly hooked. I'm like, Oh my God, this is the easiest gun I've ever shot. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, all right, let's do it. And that's how I started it. Gotcha. Now you're shooting what a uh, old STI DVC open, aren't you? I am. Has, is that like originally from, you know, STI or has it been worked on? Oh, so I just uh, bought it from this old guy from a forum, uh, Brian Enos. Mm -hmm. uh, he's just too old and he just stopped shooting and the gun was sitting in the safe uh, for the most of its life. So uh, he was selling it and uh, I bought it. It was in a great condition, like literally less than a thousand rounds pretty much brand new great deal put a dot on it it was awesome nice those yeah. are always the best deals right when you can when you you find something from somebody's safe and you're able to save it and actually like <laughs> then destroy the finish because you're going to shoot the crap out of it <laughs> yeah but it's in good hands now right <laughs> mm -hmm. yes it is yeah yeah because you, you know you slaughtered with it at dragon's cup you know and yeah it surprisingly it turned out okay yeah pretty good yeah even though you, you say you probably aren't very happy with that performance, you know, because I listened to you on the Casual Shooter show about it, yeah. about Dragon's Cup, and you were just like, oh, no, this was bad, this was bad. But you you still shot 97% of the yeah. winner. Well, you came in second, right? Yeah. Now, what was the biggest takeaway from Dragon's Cup for you then? Oof. Biggest takeaways. You mean like shooting open or like what, what are some of the specifics that right. you're so like, well, yeah, about, so what was your biggest takeaway about shooting open at that match? Then we'll start with that. Um, so I didn't have a lot of expectation going into this uh with the open gun because it was my first major match and uh i just guess i i shot at the pace where it was too comfortable mm -hmm. and and i think like <clears throat> it's still uh, open gun is still very easy to use so it really does set apart from sets apart from uh uh, from uh, like non-comped pistols, mm -hmm. it's a it's an easy gun to shoot and uh, it's very, a very fun gun to shoot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think if I remember right, you, you know, you were just were talking about you know, easy, you know, shooting at a pace that was too comfortable. Yeah. Because you was was it because you were just shooting at sight's pace, or were you shooting like a predetermined like pace, you know, due to your time and carry optics? I guess uh, like, yeah, um, timing with carry optics. And I don't think it really matters that much. Like, uh, you know, at the end of the day, the fundamentals the same in pistol shooting. Like, mm -hmm. if you're shooting production, you put a dot on it, you're gonna shoot faster. If you if you uh, uh, you know put a comp on it, it's gonna shoot even faster. Um, so. Um, not a huge difference in pace um 
but I just think I could have shot more aggressively. Oh, okay. I, I was a little bit walking on the eggshell, like, oh, like I, I don't want to miss at all. So I was a bit too like gentle than, uh, you know, the aggressiveness I wanted to, uh, you know, be in. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause you, yeah, I, I can see that, especially with the new plat, you know, kind of getting used to the new platform first major match with it. You, you don't want to feel defeated, I guess, you know, you want to, you want to at least have be proud of some performance aspect of it. Cause yeah. you don't want to fall on your face and like, I had 20 mics. I went to, you know, didn't see any of my shots at 20. Yeah, mics exactly. Exactly. So, um, I think it worked out really well, uh, cause I was in a, a pretty decent squad. I was mm-hmm. uh, squatted with uh, Mason Lane, uh, who, you know, who's a great GM. Um, so the first day, um, you know, my pace was a little bit off, but day two, I was, you know, putting some aggressiveness. So, uh, you know, it wasn't the entire match where I was like, just, you know, being too careful on day mm-hmm. two. I was, I think I was doing okay, but it was just the day one, a few stages when I started. Uh, yeah, it was very, uh, very slow. Yeah. Gotcha. Makes sense. But other than that, yeah, it, it worked out. Yeah. Now, what is your what? What? Well, actually, what? Are, let me rephrase this. What are some current goals for you in shooting? Yeah. So my my current goal is to shoot uh, open, uh, shoot for the uh, world shoot team in open division. That's okay. The goal. Yeah. Now. Um, well, that takes what three matches, or is it every two years? You like, there's a what Ipsic Nats and then the Nats for open, yeah. So it counts for this year, uh, uh, Nats, Ipsic Nats, and then next year, Nats and Ipsic Nats. Okay, so I I think the chance is there. Uh, I'll just have to you know get some blessing and uh, hopefully <laughs> I can get a spot. <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, that, you know, that's because you're signed up for Ipsic Nats. Are you, and I'm assuming you're signed up for Open Nationals this year. Yes. Good. That's good. Yeah. Cause you got to get those slots to go to Nationals. So, so yep. you'll be going back to Talladega then this year, which is, uh, I am. Okay. I'm going to segue this from my question. What do you think of Talladega? Um, so I think the, the range itself is pretty decent but one complaint is that they don't have enough bays they don't have the capacity and this was mentioned by you know a lot of people already uh they don't have that capacity um that's for one and uh, Talladega it's a pretty small town I think Mm -hmm. and uh you know um as opposed to like maybe St. George or some bigger cities that uh, the it's not really a, the perfect place for uh, for having a lot of visitors over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, for example, you know, uh, over a decade ago, uh, there used to be, you know, USPSA nationals in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was the golden age. And uh, I actually ran a survey um, on the forum. Uh, Basically, shooter voted location for nationals. 
And right. um, the top, I, I, it's still online, so you could probably find it, but the top three uh, locations uh, but uh, were Las Vegas, um, St. George, and one other location I can't remember. But basically, those locations are ideal because they have the capacity, the city itself has the capacity to um, get a lot of visitors in. You know, look at Vegas. It's it's really for it's for tourism, right? Um, so people like to come here and and shoot. Uh, Saint George, uh, it's really for tourists too. So uh, I think they should pick a, a location that is uh, friendly for the shooters. You know, that works out for the shooters. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's cheaper to fly out to Vegas, things like that. So all those things matter. Um, so. In terms of all all of that, I I don't know if uh, Talladega is the best place because I have to fly into Atlanta, drive two over two hours e uh, west mm -hmm. to get to the range. So uh, location wise, uh, I'm not excited to go back. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's I can definitely see that. Yeah, it it sucks because you still got to rent a car. Well, you got to rent a car either way. It seems yeah, like because. Cause you got to drive around, but yeah, I definitely can, I definitely can see that being an issue. Yeah. But, um, I did hear they added five more bays to Talladega. So, awesome. Oh I mean, my God. I mean, if they probably won't stop with double bays just cause they add five bays doesn't mean they'll stop with their double bays. Yeah. But I mean, you're used to that. They had three double bays at carry optics nationals. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the, so so the 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 um or double bays if that's what you call it double bays uh, at the last one uh, mm -hmm. I think that was okay like uh, those are really short courses where you don't have to really move around mm -hmm. but um, at the Talladega um, Carry Optics Nationals last year they they had like an actual running course in a double bay and I feel like that was kind of like a push. And uh, I, I hope they don't have to do that again. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. Yeah, that would not be ideal. And yeah, the, but so we'll see. We'll, we'll see when you guys go down to Talladega again this year. It's yeah. coming up a couple months. Well, a little less than two months. Yeah. Are you going to ramp up your training for that match? Or are you just going to be kind of on a consistent pace between now and then? Oh, um, I definitely have to because uh, I haven't been really able to uh, train as much mm -hmm. this year. So I have to really ramp it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what does your normal training schedule look like then? Um, I've been really battling over that, uh, this training schedule, because it's been really inconsistent. Uh, and uh, I work nine to five. Uh, that's been eating up, up most of my time. And uh, it's just been really tough to uh, train. Uh, I would have to go in the morning, but I haven't been able to do that. I was, I've been sidetracked on other other things in life. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, for in preparation for the uh, Open Nationals, I'll definitely be training. You know, I'll be shooting uh, on weekends for sure, uh, and on weekdays. Um, I'll, I'll be practicing in the morning, um, maybe uh, twice and then dry fire, uh, 
pretty much every day, mm-hmm. at least 15 minutes, you know? Yeah. So in your dry fire, what are you more focused on? Are you more work focused on the fundamentals or other things? So, um, so, you know, when we talk about fundamentals, it's like the draw, the reload, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, toward the, when you, when you get really close to the, the nationals or major match, I would really focus on the reload, like small manipulation parts, like unloaded starts, things like that. Uh, but, um, I try to advance kind of away from the fundamentals in my dry fire session to make it seem more like, uh, like an actual live fire training. So I'll, I'll incorporate a lot of movements and what I would do, um, like, like a setup, like a small stage mm-hmm. and try to repeat that motion and try to ingrain that motion into it. Right now. And that, that's smart. And that's what most of us try to do in dry fire. Some people have better spaces like than others, like Jay Beal with his yeah. uh, dry fire basement <laughs> that we all yeah. wish we had. And he, he can, he can construct an entire stage. <laughs> yeah. It can stop. It's an entire bay. He could, he could do it downstairs. Yeah. We all wish we had that. So, so I, uh, I applaud him for, you know, constructing walls and all that stuff. And I think I saw, uh, one of his videos, uh, where he had this like, uh, you know, window pull down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, dude, that's like, that's like way too far, but I, I'm sure he's doing, you know, whatever he's doing, it's working, you know? So, um, I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, I have not seen a lot of matches with, with like ports like that. Yeah. Where... It's like, you know, it's not very common, but it no. does happen. Right. Yeah. But and it truly can test one-handed shooting. <laughs> yeah. It, it, in yeah, a true stage, sure. it, there's, yeah. you know. I mean, I remember watching a video of Juan Sit Kim. Uh, he had, there was this, you know, a port with a pulley and he decided he was going to shoot it freestyle, but he was holding onto the rope. And oh, so, wow. Really? Yeah. I, I don't know. It was, it had to have been a couple of years ago, but huh. you know, so, I mean, there's things, some stages you have to worry about that, but it, it seems That's cool. Really cool. It, it, and, and Jay comes up with the oddest things to train, but it's, I know so that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think he he gets a lot of fun out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, and it's got to be because you know we wouldn't do this if it wasn't fun. If it was, was painstakingly painful, nobody would dry fire. I mean, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah. Just don't drop mags on your feet. That's like rule number one. Holy, sh- yeah. That's yeah. That that hurts a lot. I yeah. uh, sometimes like when I'm uh, doing a, a mag change. Uh, just static, like standing still. Mm-hmm. I, I put like a like a foam pad on my leg, just so that you know it doesn't hit my foot. Yeah, that's that's no bueno. You don't want it. You don't want it to get hit your foot. That's that's for sure. So yeah, I I get it. yeah. So I guess I want to talk a little bit about. Let's actually go to the world shoot. So you went to the world shoot, and were you part of Team Production Optics Light, or were no, you an individual? No, wasn't. Um, but had I been on the team, I guess that would have been awesome because my score would have uh, been accounted. Right, you would have been I the mean, third. Already... You would have been yeah. the third score. Yeah. Because usually on a team there's four people. Yeah. Drop the lowest score. Yeah. Um, but I think they still won gold, right? The team. Did they? Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. it was yeah. Luke. Yeah. How do you now? 
How do you say Luke's real name? Actually, I don't know. Okay. Luke. So Luke Cow, right? So, but his name is like X E X U E F E N G. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I don't know how to say it. So I just call him Luke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... Some, some of my friends will probably be like, you idiot. And then they, they'll they probably voice message me and be like, you idiot. It's blah, blah, blah. Cause, but yeah. they shoot with Luke whenever he's in the area. Like yeah. my buddy Renlin, he'll always shoot with Luke. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's more entertaining because I'm having a side conversation. It always sounds so angry, but they're just having a good time. They're giving each other shit. Yeah. <laughs> but it's okay. But anyway, so yeah, Luke and then Max Michelle was third and then yeah. you were fourth. Yeah, I was. I now, was time. how was, well, first you had to get over there. You had to fly. For, luckily, what you could you fly? You flow from Vegas to probably yeah. Thailand. No, no. no. So, uh, uh, Vegas to Los Angeles to uh, LAX to. Uh, uh, what was the other country? Because there was one country, and then you got to where you were going, right? Maybe it was. It was Korea. Okay. Yeah, it was Korea. Yes. For so uh, outbound, it was LAX. Uh, well, Las Vegas, LAX, Korea, and Thailand, Bangkok, uh, for. Coming back, it was, uh, I believe it was through um, Taiwan. Oh, okay. Now, did you pretty much read the only USPSA shooter on your flight, or was a, a flight with a bunch of people on it? I'm sorry. I was trying to think of uh, how I got back. Uh, oh. Same one more time. What, when you took your flights, were yeah. you the only U.S. shooter on them, or were there a bunch of other U.S. shooters there? <sighs> I think I was the only one because, uh, you know, people fly from, you know, somewhere uh, away from LAX and they mm -hmm. fly on different dates. So I was the only person, I believe. Uh, but coming back, uh, I was flying back with John Villiger, um, I think Mason Lane and his wife and a couple other, you know, U.S. shooters. So coming back, uh, like I was flying with uh, everybody. Gotcha. Now, was was it a challenge to get all the permits and to leave the country and go to fly for the the world shoot, or was that relatively hassle free? So, um, I'm I was a special case uh, because I I got a slot last minute, literally like a month before the match, mm -hmm. and I just uh, you know um, kind of crashed into it. Uh, so I wasn't really informed of the whole process. I didn't really know how to do all those things. Uh, Yimin tried to help uh, a lot, but he was also not fully aware of the whole uh, process. So um, it was a huge challenge for me to make it out there. Um, getting the permit was a big challenge because Ipsic does not reply very fast. And, you know, days go by if it wouldn't reply, um, I almost didn't make it because uh, I didn't have the permit and mm -hmm. uh, nobody from USPSA was handling that matter. So I actually took it, you know, to myself and um, I went to the Facebook uh, page uh, for the world shoot. Um, and on their, on that page, 
the the match director was trying to help everybody out with uh, the ammo order and all the permit stuff. So I uh, sent him a direct, a direct message. Mm -hmm. uh, hey, um, you know, this is my information. Uh, I'm just trying to make sure that, you know, uh, I, I, I am being processed as a shooter. And uh, he was kind of surprised. At, like, oh, like, you're not on the system at all. So, um, and we're really getting close, like literally weeks, weeks before the match. He's like, oh, you might be too late. And he really tried to push me through, get the permit. Um, I think he has some connections. Obviously, he has to. And uh, within maybe three to four days, he got me a permit. Um, so, yeah, going to Thailand was a huge challenge. And coming back, that was uh, also a huge nightmare. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. apparently, um, when you fly out with the handgun, um, you have to have this uh, decla declaration form. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's, uh, it has four digits and it's like BC something form um, where you have to get it signed and by, by, um, by um, like a border control officer mm -hmm. uh, before you fly out just to make sure that uh, it, it's basically a, a ticket that says, hey, this firearm uh, is from United States it's going to go out and when it comes back it belongs in the united states uh, i nobody told me about this so i went to thailand without any of those forms so when i try to come back like the um the airline would ask for all these forms like hey uh, do you have this uh, form um and i'm like what form is that and they're like okay you can't board so massive nightmare uh, I miss my flight and I'm just freaking out and everybody's like, Hey, like you're supposed to have this form. I'm like, well, nobody told me about it. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, so I had to stay in Thailand uh, one extra night uh, to get back, but mm -hmm. yeah, it was tough. So what was your workaround without having that form originally? What was your workaround to get back into the States with that? So, the biggest challenge when you fly with a firearm uh -huh. is the uh, the ticketing agent. Because uh -huh. every ticketing agent, they don't really know the rules. They don't, they don't really have, they don't really know. Uh, they're not really experienced with this because, you know, they don't uh, deal with this all the time. Um, so uh, the workaround was I... If I have a receipt, uh, like a FFL transfer receipt or purchase receipt uh, of that firearm, uh, that can be used as a, a record um, mm -hmm. to enter with uh, uh, to the country. But uh, the so when I try to fly back without any forms, they were asking for it. I didn't have it. They denied boarding. Uh, on day two, I reattempted with Korean Air. They didn't ask for anything. They're like, okay, go ahead. So they let me fly without any forms. So when I got to US, uh, I think I, I got to Washington first. Uh, the TSA agent uh, asked for the forms. I just gave them the forms or the receipts for me. Um, and they're like, okay, this is cool, works out. And then they let me go. So that's uh, that was the workaround. 
well, that's better than being stranded with, you know, or have, you know, being stranded with your gun and you're like, I don't know how to go. <laughs> yeah. Or like, um, I even thought about selling my gun in, uh, in Thailand <laughs> <laughs> to, just to, to, get to, home. to come back home. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, luckily that didn't have to happen. Yeah. yeah. But now, you know, you gotta have a, you gotta have your forms to go. Yeah. Yep. So you probably had one of the roughest experiences out there. Yes, I mean, Matt I Hopkins did. got delayed, like, I don't know how many times going to the world shoot. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so you're over there, you shot what, five days? Yeah. Five days. So, and then you got a break you at some point you got your break day or your day off. Right. Um, for me, it was the last day. So I shot five days straight and took one day off the last day. Mm -hmm. So what was it? I'm assuming you've never shot a 30 stage match before. What was that like? I mean, with just a sheer amount of stages in five days. So I really liked it. So uh, actually I shot Pan American. Oh, okay. um, before that, which was four days. Uh, yeah, I believe that was four days. I shot four days. And so I was, I was, uh, I was a little bit familiar with how Ipsit goes. Mm -hmm. uh, five days, I actually enjoyed that. Um, the first day was the roughest day, like nothing was working. And uh, I think Max was also having a really tough time. Uh, first day we were both like just totally down like we had some really bad stages had like horrible mics just complete shit show uh, so day one was just just trash and uh day two day three day four i i started picking my pace up and then i think uh, max and i like kind of finished up top uh, uh that way so uh, i think i enjoyed it five days of shooting it was nice um kind of exhausting but on day five i felt great uh, i was shooting at the pace that was needed um it wasn't a it wasn't my best performance i was basically surviving mm -hmm. but uh, uh it was a good learning experience gotcha now were you super jet lagged that first day of shooting or did oh. you get there with enough days to kind of acclimate so um, uh, I guess there's a like a delay in your system. Uh, when I first got there, uh, I got there at like maybe like like 3 a.m. in the morning. Got to the hotel at 3 a.m. in the morning uh, after driving uh, about an hour and a half to the uh, to Pattaya because we got to Bangkok. I drove down uh, the same uh, morning uh, for about two hours, then checked into the hotel. Um, and, uh, I woke up at like 8am, ate my breakfast. I went into a practice range, uh, that they had set up. Um, there I felt great. I was in pristine shape. I shot the local match, just killed it. Um, went to the ceremony and then the day one, my body just completely crashed. <laughs> so I think, um, if I were to give, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, new shooters advice on uh, world shoot, go there a little earlier, um, uh, some, you know, a few days earlier, 
if you can, uh, even a week earlier, so you can get yourself acclimated to it, uh, so that you don't crash on day one. Right. Yeah. That 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 is definitely good advice because no one wants to crash and burn on day one purely due to the fact of the jet lag kicking in. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty bad. But I didn't have any issue uh, sleeping. Well, there you go. That's always good. Yeah. Because yeah. I was just too tired. My my body was just too exhausted that when I came back to the hotel, I just crashed every night. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Now, so you, you shot Pan American. So you're used to kind of the Ipsic format, a 3-2-1 and like the flavor of running inside the fault lines instead of outside. And I love it. Yeah. Uh, did, uh, did any, did you see anyone have any issues from uh, like from the U S with that kind of style of shooting or did everyone seem to do? Okay. I think everybody did okay at, at the world shoot. Um, I did for the first stage, uh, in, in at Pan American, uh, I actually took a, a well, I just wanted to get the brightness correct for my dot. So I did that and then I got a warning because you can't do that. You're not allowed to do that. So um, so that was the only issue I had. But, but after that, I was, yeah, it was a straight shot. So, I mean, it's USPSA and IPSC, they're, they're pretty similar for the most part. So uh, it's not, not a huge issue integrating into it. Right. I definitely bet there's a lot of people who have had more issues with that than that, so. Yeah. So, so now you're, let's talk about carry optics nationals, you know, first time in Ohio, oh, um, man, yeah. other than the rain, what'd you think of the match? <laughs> um, I think the match and the stage, uh, were awesome. Like nothing wrong with it. Uh, personally, I know some people had issues with it. Uh, I thought they were technically challenging and, uh, at the national level. Uh, so yeah. Uh, match wise, like, you know, it was, it wasn't bad at all. Yeah. Well, yeah. and you can't, can't complain. You came in 30. Oh, don't it? say that. 36. <laughs> you still beat a shit ton of people even at where you placed. Right. Yeah. It's just, uh, I didn't, I didn't perform at all. It was a horrible time. Yeah. Now, now why do you say that? Cause there, you did have some really good stages on here. Because I'm, so I'm looking at your individual stage performance, and you didn't like you didn't like you did too bad overall, other than a couple of stages that, you know, were up higher than you probably would like. But um, why'd you say yeah. that? So 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 my strategy was on day one, um, basically get no mic, right? Just start off clean, and then pick my pace up uh, after that. But uh, what zone did you start in though? I started in uh, I started in zone one and then ended in zone three. Okay. So, um, first of all, I honestly I wasn't prepared going into the match. I mm -hmm. I didn't get a lot of time with the P three twenty. I just didn't have put put the time into it, mm -hmm. which is entirely my fault. Uh, so. I wasn't prepared and uh I on stage on my, on our second stage I got two mics on that swinger target. Mm -hmm. um, swinger is a uh, uh like my weakness. 
you really have to practice swinger to get it right at big matches. So um, it, I kind of took hard from that two mics. And then um, a couple stages after that, I got a mic on a completely open target. Uh, so I was pretty down and I kind of didn't know what to do from there. Mm -hmm. uh, so I kind of lost the aggressiveness and I started shooting very slow and that didn't really help with the, uh, the points. So I started shooting slow, lost the aggr aggressiveness and um, I wasn't shooting any better in po points. So I'm losing time and points. So it was just uh, uh, not a very fun time for me. Mm -hmm. no. Yeah. Well, it's, which is unfortunate, you know, but you, you realized where it came from is, you know, the lack of practice into it or the, you know, the time into the platform back into carry optics. And yeah, but um, yeah. So you, did you shoot the same? So you shot out the same stages as the super squad, but did you, did you shoot them in the same flight? So were you shooting PM, AM, PM? Oh, it was the opposite schedule. Okay. So yeah. you shot AM, PM, AM. Yes. I so, you, so you shot state zone one completely in the rain, you know, bad yeah. day <laughs> yeah yeah it was uh it wasn't i mean i already uh expected it to happen i was prepared for it so rain wasn't the factor i it, it wasn't the factor that uh was um uh that was part of my uh poor performance it was gotcha. just me yeah with the platform okay with it yeah yeah and, and it just it's no fun running around and ankle deep water <laughs> yeah it's yeah. not but i'm so used to it now mm -hmm. they they would hold matches at the worst worst places like pan american oh my god <laughs> that was that was just, uh probably the worst rain condition and mm -hmm. uh after that like everything is kosher like, oh yeah ohio like yeah there was nothing it was drizzling I mean, a couple stages uh, where they had some deep water, but that wasn't bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. So with that saying about your performance at Carry Optics, yeah. um, you've got now a game plan for Open Nationals, which is coming up. So you're going to be able to put the time in and get back on the gun and perform hopefully like you want. Do you have yeah. a preconceived notion of where you'd like to place at Open Nationals? Um. So a lot of heat uh you know is in uh carry optics right mm -hmm. uh, so and uh i would say a lot of heat left open division so um if i uh stay disciplined and do as i plan for the next two months i should be top 10 okay yeah that'll be respectable so that'll be nice yeah um for this nationals, uh, I'm really bummed out because I really wanted to, uh, you know, finish strong. Mm -hmm. But um, now that I performed really poorly, I have to come back next year very strong, and uh, I have a plan for that too. And um, count me on this. <laughs> mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll finish a lot better next year. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. There you go that'll be awesome that will be awesome so yeah. um my comeback know, will be there there you yeah. go that that'll always be respectable you always gotta have you always gotta be the comeback 
Yeah. Can't always leave it on a bad note. But um <clears throat> so with that, um any what major well, I guess I'll be we we'll go into this part of the question. What majors do you still have left in the season then other than open nationals and Ipsic nationals that we already talked about? Yeah, so um I actually was supposed to shoot uh European handgun championship in September. That's after the nationals. Mm-hmm. But uh um uh not going to that anymore. Um I got pulled out. Mm-hmm. But uh I'll be shooting Area three in August. Uh open nationals, uh desert, uh area two. And then I think that's about it for now. <laughs> I thought there was something in October. Let me check my schedule real quick. It's got to be something in October. Yeah, there was supposed to be European Handgun Championship, but uh, that got dropped. So it'll be... uh, I still want to go to Area 1, which is happening next week. But, but um, there's no slots left, and I'm uh, constantly communicating with the uh, coordinator to put me in. So uh, there's like maybe nine percent chance that I'll go to that match. Uh, if not, I'll go to Area Three, uh, Open Nets, uh, Ipsig Nets, Area Two, and uh, nothing uh, after that. Gotcha. So then you'll uh, you'll wrap up your season, it seems like, and get ready for the next one. Yeah, but um, I think uh, I'll be shooting uh, Extreme Open Ipsic in February. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know a month of break, and then I'm I'm basically back in the game. So it'll be February. I'll be shooting uh, a match in Florida, and then I think. Ipsic Nats is in like March or April, like literally like five months apart for uh, 2024. So I'll, I'll shoot that. And in fact, I should probably sign up for that. Yeah. You got to get a reminder on there if you haven't already. Yeah. I, I, I wish there was like a uh, system on, um, on the USPSA to kind of alert with uh, how to sign up and all these stuff. But USPSA doesn't tell you about IPSC registration, but they handle all the IPSC registration. Isn't that funny? Yeah. You'd think there'd be some way or even like have like even matches you want to go to practice score could notify you. Hey, this is opening in 15 minutes. Yeah. That would be nice. Yeah. I don't understand why it doesn't work like that because that would be nice. Yeah. Like uh, even the area one match, Mm -hmm. like I really wanted to sign up for it. But uh, earlier this year, when I looked at it on the website on USPSA.org, you know, it's all there, um, the, all the matches that are, that are happening. Right. I click on it. I try to sign up, but um, it was too early, so nothing was set up for it. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll just come back a few months later. A few months later, it was already open for registration, and the, the, uh, the, the slot, all the slots got filled out. I'm like, oh, okay, now I have to fight for it. Right, yeah, and especially with it being in a middle of nowhere, Billings, Montana. <laughs> oh yeah, 
yeah it's all good but yeah so that, that definitely does suck so but you've got your training plan it seems like going into the rest of your majors this year and yeah. uh we expect you to do well um well <laughs> you expect yourself to do well because you you have the expect you have your own expectations of yourself yeah. right so well that's good um I, had, I do have a couple more questions for you but um yeah. so who have been some of your biggest mentors or supporters um in the sport not including sponsors uh, that's a tough one. That's and that's uh, one thing that I've been really struggling this year, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, when I was kind of rising um, in in the sport, uh, my friend uh, who who was a who's a master class mm-hmm. uh, was kind of my mentor. Like, hey, uh, we communicate, we try to get better, um, and then at some point, I surpassed him. And uh, there's no strong shooting group in Southern Nevada. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's really seriously shooting. It's really just you know, hey, uh, let's get together and shoot. Um, which is very unfortunate because um, you know you gotta have like a strong circle that you know in your same in the same similar level to get better. Uh, at at this uh, point in time. Uh, I don't have that. So I think that puts me at a disadvantage because like when you look at AMU shooting team, like, mm-hmm. they have a strong shooting group, you know, that's just communicating back and forth. Hey, like they're pay- probably exchanging ideas back and forth and they're, they have a really nice environment for, you know, getting better. Uh, so that alone, that, that puts them in a pretty good place. But for me, um location wise it's very tough because uh yeah not a lot of serious shooters out here and uh yeah i don't have a mentor at at, at the moment if you if you uh want to find me one uh, mm-hmm. i'm i would greatly appreciate <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah nothing wrong with that but yeah I, I can definitely see that you know mentors and training partners you know, they're hard to come by, especially when the skill set or is or the skill level is so different, you know, because it's very hard for a B class shooter and a master essentially to always learn from each other. It's easy for the B class to learn from the master, but not yeah. the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. Like 95 percent of the time, B class will be learning from master. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So now I'm going to lead into this. So. This is the part where we pay the bills for the sponsors. So you want to go ahead and share your sponsors and give them a good shout out. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the reminder. <laughs> no problem. Summit City, <laughs> <laughs> where quality meets um, where accuracy and <laughs> Wait, where accuracy and quality and meet. Quality meet. Yeah. I know it's kind of hard to read it upside down and backwards. <laughs> yeah, but um, uh, one uh, good point. Uh, note that i want to make is summit city is awesome in uh cz mm-hmm. freaking awesome uh, i love it uh accurate uh it works really well works soft uh just you know it's it's good stuff so i'm, I'm really excited to shoot uh next the next uh, uh carry optics nationals with the whole setup mm-hmm. um so summit city and uh i do my uh training um i have a website uh, if you could maybe put that link, uh, I would appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. 
yeah, I provide very high quality uh, private sessions that um, that'll really take off uh, the, the, the in, in skill levels. So help take off uh, in skill level. Um, a lot of people actually uh, come from out of, out of state. Um, a mm -hmm. few weeks ago, uh, a guy uh, uh, drove from California. Uh, I get guys from Arizona too, to uh, get uh, training from me. So, um, and they, they all give me really good feedbacks, um, really uh, helpful uh, training that I can provide. Basically, I can be the mentor that uh, people are looking for. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, if anybody's interested, uh, check out the website and uh, we can go from there. What is your website then? Uh, it's called Advent Innovative. That's the name of the brand. But Oops. Right. But um. And then, okay, so that's a good segue then. Um, well, I guess better ways. What's a good way to get a hold of you? On the website, Instagram, social medias? Go ahead and... Yeah, Instagram is the best bet. Um, yeah. So if you can DM me there, I can point you to the, the website and uh, uh, we can do some email exchanges to uh, set up the schedules and everything. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So I'll definitely plug that in the notes and, um, yeah, everyone should go and, uh, go check out, uh, June's, uh, the training website. I'll link all that stuff in the show notes below. Um, any last comments before we end, uh, we wrap this up? No, um, I should be fine. Let me, let me try to think of another shout out. Mm -hmm. Oh, also, uh, lock grips, fantastic grips. I really appreciate, uh, what they, uh, do with the, uh, with their uh, products, uh, it works amazing. Um, what I like about it is, um, you know, it adds that you know extra weight that gives you that confidence, um, and uh, the the texture itself is very useful too. Like it, it is grippy. Mm -hmm. It's almost uh, pretty much enough so that I don't need to put any uh, grip on my um, you know extra chalk on my uh, on my hand. So. Right. Uh, they make fantastic products. Uh, Hunter's Gold, uh, Brian has helped me quite a bit. So uh, for the eyewear and uh, KKM barrels, uh, fantastic aftermarket barrels. Honestly, the best I, in my opinion. Um, mm -hmm. Honestly, I don't think any other brand beats uh, their price and quality. Uh, so KKM, uh, Luke is the owner, uh, has been fantastic with me. Uh, I really appreciate him uh, for helping me out with uh, some of the, the open builds that I'm uh, making with uh, my builders. So mm -hmm. That and lastly, Tony, uh, thank you so much for providing me with all the support. Mm -hmm. Couldn't have done this without him. Yeah, Tony's a good guy. I was talking to him today. Uh, he he's such a good he's such good to us. I will say that he's so good. Like I don't even have to ask for much, and I just. Yeah, so love. so real quick, I do want to uh, make a comment about that. So when I first joined uh, Summit City, uh, we didn't really know each other. Mm -hmm. So like we're kind of like strangers, and uh, you know, communication was like very sparse. And uh, I I didn't really know where it was going until 
I started doing really well in matches and um, Tony started noticing, hey, like, okay, like this guy's like doing really good. He's legit. And from there on, our relationship got better and uh, it's been awesome. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, Summit yeah. City is awesome. Yeah. So you guys go check out Summit City. Do you have a do you have your own code for people to use? Get you some recognition? Ah, shoot. Um, so Tony did have a code for me uh, some time ago, but I think uh, I think he got tired of keeping track of it. But uh, definitely just check out uh, the website and, and uh, they'll drop some uh, discounts or uh, we'll, when there's discounts, uh, some really good discounts, we actually put that out, uh, put them out on social media. So mm -hmm. yeah, keep an eye out. Yep, they definitely should. But uh, June, thank you for coming on, brother. It's been fun. I've had fun with this and I appreciate your time. Thank you. No thank problem. you. I'll talk to you uh, again. Yes, ex absolutely. And listen, are, you, go are you going to any uh, matches? um for me nothing you know my major match season is kind of over now it was all super early okay now, so i just have local matches left now okay 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 all right let me know when you uh uh sign up for a major match and uh we can meet meet there in person oh absolutely we'll have to do it but right. but, but listeners until next time get out and do the things and i'll see you on the next one